Your goal is to create happy customers who then create other happy customers. Go! Congratulations! Here's what I've learned. The best of the best have got the following. selling, going, going. God, so congratulations. Let's have a look at the facts. Watch your goal for the next six months. So gang, let's get cracking. So in 2009, before I'd read this book, let me tell you what the Tom Panos life of personal development was. I was the type that would go to seminars, 100%. I was also the type that would buy the books. I would buy maybe a book every three, four weeks at Dimmick's or, you know, Robertson's book or at an airport. Always personal development books. Always personal development books. Big wave to everyone. If I've missed you, it's not that I haven't um, acknowledged you. Um, well, I have, I have not acknowledged you, but it's not deliberate. It's the fact that I know that people come on here to get content and not for me to fucking say, romper room, how you going? Uh, uh, i got a great here, Hero. Corso, Tom, are you gay? Why do you talk like you're gay? Uh, Hero.Corso, that is a fucking great question. Am I gay? Why do I talk like gay? I don't think I talk like gay. I think um, uh, I'm not even going to fucking dignify what you've just said. And if you've got a problem with it, I suggest that what you should do is actually uh, disconnect because I haven't asked you to follow me, motherfucker. Anyway, let's move on, gang. So what I have to say is this. I had done all the seminars, all the seminars. I'm sorry, I love you. So Hero.Corso has changed his tune. Isn't it incredible how sometimes what you've got to do is tell people to get their fucking act together and then they fucking become nice. I have to say to you, by the way, I'm being sidetracked here, but the best form of defense many times is attack. As I said to you, don't ever, for those of you that are in real estate, as I said to you, two weeks ago, I had a real estate agent walk into an open house of mine that I was about to auction, puts on his fucking blue suit, walks in as if he's a fucking male model, walks straight past me. I thought this guy was a real estate agent that actually worked for the office, and he wasn't. He was another agent from another office having a sticky beak, so you would have thought he would have had the dignity and decency to be at least polite, smile as you walked in, but no, he didn't. What he did is he walked straight in, he walked straight out, came in front of me while I was on my mobile phone and he looked at me and he said this, what's the guide, mate? I said, what? He goes, what's the guide? I just looked at him. I mean, this guy had already given me the fucking shits. Imagine a guy thinking that he's a fucking model on a Saturday and all he is, is doing is fucking finding buyers and sellers and putting them together, walks into a fucking house and says, what's the fucking guy? I just looked at him. I said, who the fuck are you? And I've got to tell you, he changed his tune completely. He said, oh, I'm just a local agent, you know, just want to see what it's going to sell for. I said, fucking hang around. The auction's in three minutes. Gang, remember, if you are in real estate and you're watching this, don't forget, you're not curing AIDS. Never get too carried away. Never forget who the hero is. It's the client that pays your fucking mortgage, your bill. 
So in 2009, I'm fucking struggling, you know, with a lot of things. And then I get my hands on a book called The Miracle Morning. The Miracle Morning. And The Miracle Morning is basically a book about the fact that if you've got a morning routine, it can have a profound impact in your life. And I have to say to you, um, it is what created the 5am club. Now, a lot of people, over time they see me, they say, Tom, the 5am club. I was in many ways someone that popularized this term, the 5am club, right? So for me, the 5am club, let's talk a little bit about the 5am club. It is a club that is shared between a number of people, apart from myself, Oprah Winfrey. Yes, Bill Gates. Yes, Aristotle. I have to tell you that many of the people in my real estate gym that I interview um, also uh, are early risers. Now, by the way, I'm answering Lisa Novak's question. Susan is in Bali. She's having a holiday. She's away on leave. She's gone to a place called Ubud where it is full of vegans. She's staying at a yoga retreat slash vegan meditation it all comes under the one umbrella. She is with that group of people in Ubud, right? So you can just picture, they're all hugging each other, they're all chanting, they're all eating vegan food, and good luck to her because at least she's living her best life. So um, let me move back. And in this book, The Miracle Morning, it talks about the importance of having an incredible ritual in the morning that can affect your whole life. Now, I have to say to you, in 2009, I adopted this, this 5am club life, and I have to say, my life dramatically transformed. And today, in the next 10, 15 minutes, I'm going to share with you a little bit about this 5am club. The first thing I want you to understand about the 5am club is this, that previously to joining the 5am club, I was part of the 8am club. Now, you can't be part of the 5am club, right, and be part of the uh, midnight club. You've got to be, 5am club has got the 10pm club. You've got to be bed by, in bed by 10pm. And I simply choose now to believe that the hours between 5am and 7am are more useful hours in my life that are going to give me a better return of investment, that are going to actually make me feel better because the way you start your day is the way your day um, unfolds. And I simply believe that 5am to 7am is better for me than 10pm till midnight. So let me just give you a couple of tips for those of you that want to adopt this sort of life and that have struggled in the past. Um, so for instance, um, Frank Rady saying, I'm not a morning person, is there a 5pm club? Well, let me tell you, I was not a morning person. But here are some golden rules. Number one, have the alarm clock or your mobile phone in the room, but don't have it near you. Make it go off and you've actually got to walk to it. Why? Because when you get up to actually have to walk to it, you are half awake. Number two, before you do anything else, just go brush your teeth. 
There's something about brushing your teeth and then drinking a glass of water after you've walked to your alarm clock on your mobile phone that has you up. That act alone gets you away from being a snooze button presser, right? That's the first thing. So the first part of the 5am club is actually just getting up. The second part, the second part is this. Affirmations. Isn't this incredible? This hero dot also guy. He comes on, fucking starts slamming me, and now hero saying, I agree, Panos. Let me tell you, my name is Tom Panos. You fucking, you've said that I sound gay. You said that am I gay, which has got nothing to do with the video. And all of a sudden, you've done a backflip and you're agreeing with everything. Just fucking tune in and listen, hero. There's no need to say too much today. Okay, affirmations and visualizations are the next things. So you've woken up, you're up, you've brushed your teeth. You now have had a glass of water. Okay, so now what happens next? I believe that your first two or three minutes thoughts should be thoughts of gratitude. Here are some of the thoughts that go through my head. Tom, as you wake up this morning having your first breaths, there are other people that are having their final breaths in their life. Be grateful, Tom. The next thing that I'm grateful for, Tom, this water that you're drinking out of a tap there are other countries that you cannot drink water out of a tap. You're so lucky. The next thing is, Tom, who loves you in your life? All of a sudden, gratitude sets in and it's an incredible enabler having gratitude, particularly in, hey Sally, good to talk to you this afternoon as well. It's an incredible, gratitude is a, is a feeling that makes you feel that you're in the lucky bunch, that um, you've got every reason to be happy and no reason to be pissed off. So the other bit is, you know, like we get 60,000 thoughts per day. So 60,000 thoughts per day is an interesting number um, because what it basically says is that we've got this constant loop of conversation going in our head. And I believe that through affirmations and visualizations, you can actually influence those. Now, why is this important? I'll tell you why this is important. Because the thoughts you have and the repetitive beliefs and the self-talk that goes on, which forms part of the 60,000 thoughts that you have, will affect the future direction of your life. I'll repeat it. The thoughts you have, the views you have, the feelings you have and the things you say to yourself will affect the future direction of your life. And that's why I believe that whilst you can't control shit that happens to you, like you can't control an earthquake in Christchurch where I was this week. There was no earthquake, but as you know, it's one of the worst earthquakes on record. You can't control that, but you can control your response to an event. Like, for instance, cancer with me. I was the first person with cancer in my family. I don't have 
um, uh, uh, parents or grandparents or uncles and aunties with cancer. But I got cancer in my 30s. Um, was it my fault? No. But it become my fucking problem. So what you've got to do is never participate in the problem. Hero is incredible now. Hero.corso, from getting on the rant initially and fucking slamming me, now says, love you. Hero, I want to find out more about you. How is it possible that a person in 10 minutes can just transform like that? We must do a case study on you. Anyway, let's move on. So, gang, what I'm getting at is this. That, and, 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 tr and please understand, not for one moment. I mean, I read a book once by Brian Tracy that said, if you visualize you're going to get a car spot, you're going to get a car spot, you're going to get a car spot, you end up getting a car spot. Well, hey, here's the deal. That happened to me about fucking 10 years ago. I read the book and I've been driving around for 12 minutes trying to get a spot one day and eventually I kept saying, car spot, car spot, car spot, fucking one pops up. I park and I thought, fuck, it's right, it does work. I come out of my appointment an hour later and there's a fucking parking ticket on my car. So you know, you know what I said? Fuck you, Brian Tracy, and your fucking visualization. But what we clearly know is this, that visualization works in an interesting way. What it does is if you mentally rehearse how something is going to happen, if you mentally start, like, doesn't matter whether you're hitting a tennis ball, whether you're going to do a presentation to a thousand people, whether you're pitching for business to one client, whether you're going to go out and ask someone to have a drink with you. All I can say to you, if the self-talk and the mental rehearsal you have in your head is that it's going to go positive, that it will go better. There is no guarantee, but what we clearly know is a person that acts as if it's going to happen perfectly performs in a better way. What we know is that confidence is an enabler in performance and negativity and anxiety is a disabler. So what it says to me is that it actually makes sense to always go into something thinking the one reasons why it's going to work and not the 10 reasons it won't work. And this is a very important part of this morning ritual. And the reason why it's important is because there's a, there's a theory, well, it's actually a term called review mirror syndrome. Review mirror syndrome talks about that we as humans seem to have a tendency to always judge things by the rearview mirror, that we always look at the past, which to me is really a place of reference. It should never be a place of reference. And the reason I say this is, think about it. The future is changeable, but the past is fixed. So what this says to me is that you should never be making decisions from now going forward based on just the past. Because as I said, this syndrome called review mirror syndrome can actually totally affect the way that you process things and the way you go about things in the future. There is, of course, another theory I'd like to talk to you about, which is called isolating incidences theory. And the isolating incidence theory says this. If I start a habit, let's assume that I decide that I'm going to have this 
5 a.m. club habit, right? Let's assume we're going to have this habit. And what happens is that I just say to myself, oh, fuck it. You know what? I'm not going to do it. You know, it's, it's Monday, long weekend. I'm not going to do it. Whilst it doesn't seem like it's a big deal because you're actually putting it off for a day, what you're actually doing, guys and girls, is you are developing the character that says, I'm prepared to let myself down. And I want you to know, as you follow me and we're engaged that we have been over two years on Sunday Night Ran. Many of you in real estate, it's been a 15-year relationship. And those of you in the gym, it's been like five years. I want you to understand, success is not so much about the money that comes of it, but it's about the person you become in the process. And that's what I mean by actually not screwing up and letting yourself down. And by the way, it is so much easier to do something every day than do something some days in the week. And as Sally says, someday isn't a day of the week. Okay, so gang, let's move on. And so far we've talked about, you know, waking up early, having an alarm clock far away so it makes you walk to it, drinking water and brushing your teeth, which all of a sudden you're up and alert. The next thing, my friends, is this, daily exercise. It is the game changer. Daily exercise in the morning. What we clearly know is that there is endorphins that change the chemistry. So apart, forget all about getting fit. Forget all about being ripped. Forget all about you know, um, you know, the whole building up bulk and you know, you know, having biceps and all those other reasons. I'm talking to you from a chemical perspective that we clearly know that exercise releases endorphins and helps you handle stress better and also gives you uh, what I call uh, 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 an energy high. I'm just trying to think. It's an exercise high. And um, in many ways, guys and girls, I can tell you that in many studies, clinical trials, where they study depression and they look at antidepressants, they actually have found in some trials, and again, please never use information on the Sunday rant as medical advice, and it's not uh, uh, meant to actually replace medical advice, but there is clear evidence and research, I suggest you Google it, everything's on Google, that says that exercise can act uh, as good as antidepressants for a subset of people suffering depression. If you could get exercise, put it in a bottle, you could sell that for millions. That's right, Adam Flynn. I'm a fucking Sky Business reporter, I'm an auctioneer, I'm a trainer, and I'm fucking Dr. Panos. You name it. Let's move on. The next thing that's important in your morning routine is 30 minutes of reading or 30 minutes of listening to a podcast. And the reason I say that is that if you were to just get three ideas per day, that would be a thousand ideas a year that would affect your life and business via the power of other people's content. And never forget, the hand that picks up a book is never the same hand that puts it back down. So the morning is a great time. Now, for those of you that are driving for around 20 minutes, podcasting is the answer. Thank you. Connie, come and train with me. By the way, guys and girls, Bay Run is where you'll find me if it's a nice day. Jim, if it's not, 
Uh, if I'm in Sydney, that is. If I'm in a state, it's always at a gym at the hotels. Journaling. Journaling is the next thing because I believe that reading is part of your morning ritual and so should be writing. So I think that everyone should have a nice black journal, a nice leather-bound journal. And there are three things that you should be writing in your journal because there's enough literature there to tell us that writing things out has a profound impact into the success of your personal and business life. Tag someone, share the video. Um, Fabian says he loves my jacket. Yes, it's a Nike jacket. And um, I seem to wear sports stuff and, you know, for sport and sports stuff for day wear. It's all the same now, isn't it? Um, accountability. Okay. Oh, sorry. Let me finish. Journal. Three things you write in your journal. Number one. You write your challenges. Why? Because it's in the gap between your brain and the journal that you actually find the solution. Why? Because when you're in the actual frame, you truly can't see the picture. And it's by writing down that you create space. So what do you journal? You journal your challenges. What else do you journal? You journal what you're grateful for. You write it out. Who loves me? What's great in my life? The last thing you write down is your goals. You write down your goals. Why? I'm not stupid. I don't think writing down saying that I want a $400,000 car and I want Earl McPherson and I want to be fucking living in fucking on the Greek islands next week. I don't think that writing it down is actually going to make a difference in the short term, but I'm telling you something, whenever you write something down in your journal, you're advertising to yourself a preview of your life's coming highlights, and that's a good thing because you've got to be marketing to yourself while you're doing what you're doing because you are going to go from the heights of exhilaration to the depths of depression in 24 hours. And I'm saying to you that self-development, self-motivation is something that has to take personal responsibility. The, more, the normal default, the normal default, Athens, here we come, says Sally, the normal default switch on the planet is negative. And I'm going to come to that in a moment. I mean, you're talking to a guy that's come from the media. Think about it. I know how it fucking works. We tell you about the one plane that didn't land properly, not the 70,000 planes that landed perfectly that day. Why? Because misery sells. And that's why people have been fucking glued to the Australian cricket scandal and um, the ball fucking, uh, uh, whatever you call it, ball tampering shit. I'm going to come to that in a moment. The last thing is that you want to make this stick. You want to make this stick because a lot of you are going to say, hey, Tom, I want to join this 5am club. I want to be part of it. You know, I've, you know, I've heard you talk about it, but here's the deal. It's a 30-day project. It took me 30 days. In November, in, sorry, in uh, 2009, I think it would have been around November that I adopted it. It was a 30-day thing. So here's my advice. The first 10 days of waking up and beginning this morning ritual are really hard. The next 30 days, sorry, the first the first 30, sorry, let me go back. I'm in a mental cul-de-sac and I can't get out. I reckon you can nail it in 30 days. The first 10 days are hard. No question about it. It's painful. Day 10 to day 20, it's weird. 
Day 20 to day 30, it starts to actually get embedded. From day 30 onwards, it becomes effortless. So my advice to you is you need to factor in that everything is hard before it's easy. Understand that. But please, just because this thing's going to be hard, don't let hard get in the way of something that might actually create a magnificent life for you. I wouldn't be spending my time tonight allocating all of it on the 5am club if I did not think that this thing has a profound possibility of changing everything for you. So my final tip for you, if you're super keen on this, is get yourself an accountability partner. Get yourself an accountability partner for 30 days and what you do is you ring each other up at five o'clock in the morning because you'll find that until it gets better down, having someone to keep you on track is going to be easy. It's always hard than easy, as Amy said. Guys and girls, I'm going to pretty much finish up on this, but you know, as you know, the Australian cricket team have been involved in a ball tampering thing. And what I thought I would share with you today is five lessons, five lessons that have come out of that, and I jotted them down. They have nothing to do with cricket, by the way, and they have everything to do in life. So listen very carefully. Number one is this. What we've learned out of this is this, that the choices you make, that the choices you make will affect you and others long after the event. So be careful of the choices you make. You saw Steve Smith crying in front of his father. You saw the pain that it has caused everyone. But guess what? Even Warner, even his wife, Candace. I mean, Candace. Candace is an example. I mean, let's, let's, you know, as reported in today's press, part of the whole problem here has been that people have been wearing Sonny Bill William masks at the cricket, fucking heckling the fact that there were reports that Sonny Bill Williams had done fucking Warner's wife in the toilets at fucking Clavelli Hotel in 2007, okay? Just quoting what is written in the press. But gang, I've got to say, if you're a girl or guy that's young out there, this event happened in 2007. It's 2018. If you're a guy or girl out there, just understand, we live in a world now because of mobile phones, which basically mean that every time you do something, understand it has ramifications long after the event. Number one. Number two. Number two is this. What I learned out of this saga, never take things personally. Never take things personally. You see, when you take things personally, they kill you. And I feel sorry for these guys fucking, you know, crying. I never take anything personally. I've got to tell you, I never take anything personally. It's just a rule. I used to have the addiction to get everyone's approval. And the best way to have someone's approval is to not need it in the first place. I never, ever take things personally to the point where I've walked through an airport once and a guy stopped me and he said, are you the guy, Tom Panos, on Facebook? I said, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, listen, don't take this personally. And I just looked at him and I said, before you go on, I can tell you I already don't give a fuck. 
That is called a preemptive strike, by the way. Anyway, let me move on. What's the third thing that we learned? The third thing that we learned is this. Perspective. Perspective. So, you've got all these cricketers crying. They're on millions of dollars and they're crying. Fuck, guess what? Today, there are people that committed suicide. Today, there are people with terminal illnesses. There are, today, there are people that are mourning and grief because they've lost their child. You know what? Fucking have some perspective. Guys and girls, have some perspective. You're pissed off because you got assets that are going to rip up your fucking $2.5 million contract. Fuck you. If that's your fucking biggest problem in your life, fucking get on, move forward. And I have to tell you, there are millions, there are millions. No, 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 no. There's not millions. There's billions of people that would swap spots with those people on TV. So guys or girls, I'm telling you, at the end of the day, always remember, the problem is never the problem. The problem is the way that you look at the problem, which is perspective. Number four, what did we learn out of this? We learned that people can be really nasty. We learned that people can be nasty. People that wear Sonny Bill Williams masks, um, heckling Warner's wife. That's a fucking, that's a nasty thing to do, right? That's a nasty thing. People are nasty. Um, um, it, is, it, it is good. Like, I mean, I've learned, Susan has taught me to adopt uh, a belief in my life, a very useful belief. And my useful belief is this. I believe people do the best they can. I believe people do the best they can. Now, I find that that belief helps me because it, it stops me from actually getting pissed off with people that work for me or contractors that do work for me. So I believe that it's a very useful belief. Just assume people do the best they can. It's just under the circumstances, with the resources they've got, with the brain that they've been given by God, people do the best they can, right? Um, but I also know that this is the fact of life as well, that there are people that are nasty. There are people out there that are happy to hear you've got a problem. So what's my advice? If you've got a major problem, I wouldn't go off and spend a lot of time talking to people about it. And the reason why is 80% of people don't care about your problem and there's a small group, maybe 15%, that are fucking happy that you've actually got one. So gang, all I'll say to you is if you're going through some shit at the moment, Fake a smile, keep your head up high, hide the tears, and never forget that the comeback is always stronger than the setback. Remember that. The comeback is always stronger than the setback. And my advice to anyone that's watching this that is a nasty person, be careful kicking people when they're down. I'll tell you why. Because when they get up, you're fucked. Finally, let me move on and just say, my final advice to you is this, guys and girls. What did we learn? We learned from the scandal that you should always do the right thing, not the thing to win. Do the important thing, not the winning thing. Because who gives a fuck whether Australia won the third test or not. But people give a fuck that you're a cheat. So my advice to you is this. 
Always remember, do what's right, not what's easy. And on that note, guys and girls, enjoy your day off for those that are, you, that are having a day off. And remember, join the 5am club. Why? Because the way you start your day is generally the way your day unfolds. God bless. Thanks for tuning in, guys and girls. You can join me on Facebook for the live Sunday night rant every week at 8.30pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. And if you're in real estate, just Google Tom Panos and you'll find a heap of resources and interviews where million-dollar agents share their strategies. See you next week. Let's have a look at the facts. What's your goal for the next